All right, welcome to this segment of the Alvin Galloway Show here on RadioPhoenix.org. And on today's segment, we have Dr. James Rodriguez, who's the president and chief executive officer of Fathers and Families Coalition of America. It's a nonprofit that has provided capacity building assistance to over 15,000 individuals from over 90 nations as a resource for practitioners, leaders internationally. Over the past 18 years, they have invested heavily to support the capacity of professionals, researchers, and parents by exposing them to technical assistance and professional development. And we're going to talk to Dr. Rodriguez more about himself and the organization as we hear a little bit going back to the classics, the dramatics. Hey, you, get off my mountain. Oh, yeah, going to the classics with the dramatics. Hey, you, get off of my mountain. And I'm uh, glad to have Mr. or Dr. James Rodriguez. We go back a few years. Oh, over 20 years over now. 20 years. How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. How you doing today? Oh, man, I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad you can make it down. Uh, he had a little surgery on his leg, so he's wheeling around on a one-legged motorcycle <laughs> without the motor. A scooter. <laughs> a scooter. There you go. Uh, so... You are, I guess you were born in California and lived in uh, New York, the Bronx, and, and all that good stuff. So how did you find your way to Arizona? 
Well, uh, I started off, I left uh, California when I was 17. I went in the military, I went in the Army, and uh, just needed a way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was one of those individuals that uh, my probation officer at the time said, I can't wait till you're 18 so I could adjudicate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny thing here is, fast forward, when I got my master's degree in clinical social work at Arizona State University, I sent him a card to let him know how many little boys and girls that uh, mostly uh, boys of color, brown and black, that he was projecting a destiny that mm. wasn't for us. Right. So, but leaving for the military uh, was probably the greatest thing that ever happened. I, I went as a combat medic and uh, I appreciated my time in the Army and I switched over to the Air Force and I got stationed out at uh, Williams Air Force Base. Oh, okay. And, um, I never thought I'd stay in Arizona this long, mm-hmm. and um, it's changed a lot over the decades. But because I was a single father, uh, one day I came home with my two children. They were two and one at the time. Um, everything was gone, just me and them, mm-hmm. and uh, no furniture, nothing, because uh, my wife at the time made a choice to be with someone else. And I just decided, well, how can I do this and make it work, and in the military. And so... Um, uh, the way it worked out, the state laws, the children could never leave Arizona. So I had a choice, stay in the military or have my children. And I decided the military is only 20 years of my children for life. Mm. And I met someone uh, that I did not know would become a great mentor. As a matter of fact, I almost feel like crying just thinking about it. Yeah. I was, uh, uh, I got nominated for a presidential point of light award while I was still in the military, Colonel Steckline. And uh, because I started helping kids that were like me, maybe just seven years before, that were in gangs, mm-hmm. and we would bring them to the base. But there was a gentleman named Leonard Knight who oh, used Leonard to. Leonard Knight, yes. He wrote a program called New Turf for the city of Phoenix. And I don't know how I ended up volunteering for that program. Next thing I know, uh, I'm actually bringing young kids to the base to help them have a better life. Mm-hmm. and. Some went in the Marine Corps, some went in the Navy, some Air Force, Army. And it just became, I guess, a natural transition to stay in Arizona and Mm -hmm. go into social work. And my first gig was at uh, Pinel Gila Community Child Services down in Coolidge, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And I was the director of social services, and it just stayed. And and that's how I ended up coming here. And and I, I, I love Arizona. But home is still the Bronx right. and in Cali. All right. So do you get back to the Bronx often? Maybe once or twice a year. Once or twice a year. I yeah. should give a shout out to my cousin David and Sergio. Hey, how you doing, Sergio? Owe me some money. <laughs> hey, Sergio, pay up. <laughs> oh, Sergio Kendo over on the south side of the Bronx. So, and then the, the, the California, what part of California were you in? Well, we lived in Long Beach, mm-hmm. uh, on the east side of Long Beach, uh, a little bit centered by uh, Compton, Carson, and then uh, San Bernardino County. Um, I'll I give a shout out to my friends over there, 473 East King Street. How you doing, family? Mesa. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, uh, one of the things growing up without a father I didn't realize at 13 months I was put in the child welfare system. No, really. And there's things that happen to you in life that you you just kind of go through the adversity and you don't know how you ended up on a purpose. And I just feel like that adversity in childhood, uh, very painful, but it put me on a projection to later on 
turn it into a positive. Right. Where a lot of people they just laminate in their in their sadness and they just never they never even go for transformation, let alone transcendence. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's where I'm at. I'm in a transcendent place in life so, to help others come along. So what do you what do you think was the key for you to go on that path as opposed to others? I mean. Well, honestly, um, Mr. Pittman, Mr. Johnson, uh, Mr. Cunha, uh, a father figure, Mr. Mesa, uh, there were men, that, I mean real men, that labored hard and were role models uh, because a lot of us kids did not have a father in their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, the majority of us did not. And I remember Mr. Mesa, uh, I think he really was going to spank me at one time, <laughs> but I realized I wasn't his kid, but he was going to. Uh, Mr. Pittman pulled me aside and told me never to uh, devalue my body. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just certain things that I believed in. And then there was a gentleman, because the court had said I had to go see someone, and his name was Hiram Rivera Toro, and uh, he saved my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I won't go into what I did that much as a kid, but there's just a lot of settings that I should not have put myself into. And uh, my favorite color is blue, but I hung around with people who their color had to be red. And um, I remember he even came about 25 miles to rescue me from a house party that probably would have taken my life. Mm. And I remember the whole ride, him just telling me that I'm better than this and stick my head out the window in case I was going to let whatever was in my stomach out. And him just chastising me, but with love. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so... I looked at him as a man, and that's why I went in the Army, and that's why I wanted to be a combat medic, because I wanted to be just like him. And later in life, when I got my master in social work, I thought he had a master in social work. I find out he has a master in marriage and family therapist, and I could have saved a little bit of money going that (laughs) route. But, you know, there's just some people, there's people that touch your lives. And I think the greatest person in my life, I love my mom, but my grandmother and my grandfather, and so just I think... Some of that, but honestly, Floyd, most of my friends, they just never made it even to page Mm -hmm. 30. They all were, their lives were tragically taken. Mm -hmm. And I remember one friend of mine said, I I won't, my nickname was a a gang name, but they said, uh, they called me by my gang name, we should have followed you to go into the army. Mm -hmm. And then they said something that kind of stuck with me. You're from here, but you don't belong here. No, and I, I never, I'm I like, wow, I can't believe this. this is right after a funeral. Yeah. And I remember Chris just saying, you'll always be from here, but you don't belong here. You're greater than that. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like I'm set apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always felt like everyone's the same. But I realized later in life, we all have an opportunity to be set apart. Right, right. And, you know, that's, that's great uh, from him to say that to you. Uh, knowing that you have some kind of inspiration, you're some you're an inspiration to them, and something that uh, they can still look up to, even though they may not have made that transformation as you did, but it still gives them hope. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that you know they 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 do get to a, a higher level, like all the people that I know. Later on, we're going to talk about our conference, and I'm like, I'm so humbled. Uh, so many people that don't realize. I don't care about the acronyms behind your name. I don't care about Dr. Rodriguez. I mean, that's something I have to pay tuition assistance <laughs> off. But all it means is that I completed something. Right. To me, that's all, ultimately all that means. Mm-hmm. But there are so many people that uh, just if you only knew the pain they went through, 
and yet they still smile and they still shine and they help other people along the way, especially our children. I think that uh, I, I feel like that's what God has called me back to, to remind myself where I've always been, mm-hmm. but also help other people go to the next level. Right. All right. I 
will be down And that was Anthony Hamilton, Never Give Up. Hi, I'm jazz artist Brettina, and I love listening to The Alvin Galloway Show every Sunday, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. on RadioPhoenix.org for conversation, information, music, and culture. So stay tuned as you tune in for an intellectual tune-up on The Alvin Galloway Show. How do we see our lives? Is it everything we have? Community Radio is supported by a donation from the Health Lumber Company, Incorporated, with several decades of history with community involvement in Arizona. Thank you, Health Lumber Company. More information at H-E-L-D-T-Lumber.com. That's the Health Lumber Company. And we thank them because without them, there will be no me. The Alvin Galloway Show here on RadioPhoenix.org. And I'm with Dr. James Rodriguez, and he's the president and CEO of Fathers and Families Coalition of America. And, uh, you know, we were talking about some of your inspirations that kept you going and how you impact um, other individuals uh, that from your from your hood and everything. Um, so tell us how you started uh, the nonprofit organization. Well, the nonprofit organization was started here in Arizona. And uh, my first job at Head Start, I thought, how hard could it be working with a bunch of children? Mm-hmm. And I found out it was the staff. And uh, I had a lot of dreams and vision, and I had a wonderful CEO president, probably one of my greatest professional, no, my greatest professional role model ever, uh, Dr. Sherry P. Ulmer. And she founded the first Head Start program in those two counties as a secretary for a bank. And she said, I'm going to go ahead and start a nonprofit and end up being one of the most successful Head Start programs in the nation, early Head Start, early intervention. She took a risk and she hired me, and uh, my first job really out of the Air, F- Air Force because I transitioned to stay with my children. And, and what I really appreciated about her is uh, she didn't put me in a box, mm-hmm. and she allowed me with some boundaries. Uh, she must have understood my personality was very decisive, very creative, but to put me in a box would just stifling my ability. There happened to be a few grants that came out because of change in public policy. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a basic education life skill grant for young women and uh, public assistance. We wrote for that grant and we were told we wouldn't get it. And uh, we ended up getting the whole state. Oh, wow. And then I made a mistake. I wrote for a TANF uh, transportation grant in those two counties, if you're familiar in Arizona, uh, Pinell and Hina County are very rural. They're not like what they were 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we were told we wouldn't get it. And uh, I got it. And uh, I remember she was very like a proud mother. Mm-hmm. And she treated me like a son. She probably should have punished me a couple of times <laughs> here and there. <laughs> But then there was a Young Fathers Grant, and it was the first, we were in the first in the nation to get funding 
through what they call temporary assistance for needy families. Now there's federal grants, but those those grants that they have right now, uh, we trailblazed the way, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I thought all of the Head Start programs would want to do it for their fathers in their program. And I I also learned that you may think that people are walking in your same vision mm. and same purpose, and you will find out you'll be disappointed. Right. And right. you cannot drag people to come with you. They have to feel it and want to go for it. Because if in your life you have something that you feel is momentum, purpose, and driven and passion driven, mm-hmm. the other person may not catch it. Right. And you're wasting your time trying to bring them with you. Mm-hmm. Let them go ahead and find their own thing. So I quickly found different uh, partners for it. Um, Arizona OIC, Urban League, uh, Parents Anonymous, uh, the correctional systems, uh, the higher education systems. It was then Catholic uh, Social Services. Now I think it's Catholic Charities, uh, Jewish and Child Family Services, Lutheran. All these different entities came come together, and they allowed this young man because at that time I think I was thirty years old mm-hmm. to lead them on a journey to provide services to young fathers, mm-hmm. which we originally were told we would not do well, and we ended up serving five thousand fathers a year, age sixteen to twenty six. Wow. That's great. And because of that, uh, it kind of morphed into something when a young man, I, I may have shared this before, but he come to my office and he said that we weren't basically touching his soul. And then staff were struggling because most of the staff in the caring professions, the social work professions, they are women. But they are running fatherhood programs in the United States, and sometimes they struggle because of what happened to them in past relationships, starting with their own father, or maybe he was absent, mm-hmm. especially in black and brown communities. I mean, the marriage rate right now for African Americans is only 24%. Mm. And for Latinos, it's 33%. So you have different family formation. Right. Because of that, we started a conference. And I really, Floyd, I, I always in my mind, there was a gentleman, he worked for the city of Phoenix, uh, George Henderson, and Sergeant Henderson ran the, uh, what's called the Gang Resistance and oh, Education sure. Program, mm-hmm. great program. You know who De- George mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Awesome guy. And we were coming and struggling with a name for the, uh, the group. Because mm-hmm. here you have all these grants. You have to have a name or label stuff because that's right. what we like doing. Got ahead of day. And yeah. I already told you I like being in a box. So <laughs> we got a lot of label. And they said, uh, well, how about Arizona Fathers and Families Network? And uh, George leaned over to me and said, you don't want to call it Arizona, do you? And I said, no, George, I don't. Mm-hmm. And it was just a private conversation. And he said, you want to call it national? I said, George, one day it's going to be international. And that was 1996. Yeah. And so I said, how about the word coalition? Because that sounds stronger than association and network. Mm-hmm. Coalition means we are coming together yeah. for a common cause. Right. We need to address the plight of young children that don't have a father in their life so that they don't have to go into child welfare systems or juvenile justice systems so they can find their soul and find their purpose in life instead of being discounted before they even become adults. I mean, like that probation officer that wanted to adjudicate me as a kid, why was he not helping instead of trying to find something that he just couldn't appreciate? Mm-hmm. And I felt like if we could appreciate all these young parents, we could help them out. We could help them get to a better level. But that means we have to help ourselves first. We have to understand ourselves first. 
And that's what happened. We started growing that way. Okay. Now, in that process of growing, starting here in Arizona, what was some of the difficulties that you had? Because uh, you know, the, mm. being in the desert can be a little dry at times. Mm. <laughs> well, you said I get to choose a song. We may have to change it to uh, Smiling Faces. Right, right. Mm. And there were a lot of smiling faces mm. at that time. And the mm. problem is, um, which goes back to being uh, equally yoked, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I just realized I was that ox with the yoke, and mm-hmm. I was plowing the fields, and the others didn't want to come behind and at least plant some seeds. Mm-hmm. They only came behind if there was money associated with it, and that's the honest truth. Right. I mean, there were millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I think we oversaw at least $10 million a year. So if you think about it, if, if Floyd gets some money, then he's happy. But when the money's gone, why did you come? Why did you come? Why did you motivate it? Yeah. yeah. So that was that was the biggest one. The other one, I never have quite understood. And and after our tenth annual conference, uh, we changed the name of the organization to Fathers and Families Coalition of America. My board of directors wanted America. I didn't never like that name, and I still don't. Mm-hmm. But I got the logo, so I guess I won that battle. Mm-hmm. And uh, we relocated our office in Rancho Cucamonga and then Carson and, and also in Vista now. But I, I just felt like in the Phoenix metropolitan, it never caught up on. Mm-hmm. The tribal nations, especially Navajo Nation, they were they were really engaged. But it felt like here, unless it was something for themselves, they weren't going to support it. Right. And that's right. sad. Yeah, it is sad. Because it's really, you and I have been here long enough to see the gentrification mm-hmm. of Phoenix. Right. And I don't think, once I saw South Mountain Village, I was like, uh-oh, it's about to get gentrified. The yeah. South Side is going to change forever. And it has. Yeah. And so those people, where do they go? Mm-hmm. And where do people go for hope and inspiration? And who's going to be the leaders for the next generation to come? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think those are the biggest things, more people just being about themselves instead of being about a purpose. Not everyone, but a lot, too many. Right. And so it felt that you know, moving it to the headquarters of California, it was uh, a godsend as far as uh, participation and hmm. um, assistance. Well, let me say something. Um, if George Henderson ever listens to this, mm-hmm. uh, I love that brother. Uh that man knew from the moment that we were side by side because he's got a strong personality. Mm-hmm. He's just quiet about it. Right. Well, I'm a little bit more loud. <laughs> and uh, he knew that it wasn't for here only. And it was great to have a Nathan and allow me to be a David. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so he was a Nathan that I, if I ever needed really someone to talk to, I know I, I know that he would uh, understand and support me. And going to California was a big risk mm-hmm. because you really don't know a lot of people, but you could be a big fish in a tiny little koi pond. Mm, right. Now you got to go in the ocean. You will get eaten up unless you know how to swim well. Mm-hmm. And so we started swimming those waters in California. And I knew that was the same time when we started creating something called affiliates and membership. Mm-hmm. And we were asked to become a national organization by other individuals throughout the U.S. So when we launched our 11th annual conference, we started that, and uh, wow, it just has really blown my mind. This year we added United Kingdom as one of our affiliates. We've got two affiliates in three nations in Africa, 
China, Australia, membership in Bolivia, uh, Bermuda, two in Jamaica. Uh, Dr. Michael Coombs, who used to be the Minister of Health for Jamaica, said they needed us there throughout the United States. Some of the affiliates have come and gone as well, which is fine. But I think we're in at least 25, 30 states. So think about in a dry Arizona, arid place, a seed was planted, but the water didn't come from me. And sometimes you have to see, is it going to rain? And it will. And then it flourished. Mm -hmm. And I think had we stayed here, uh, maybe it would continue for a little bit. But now I believe it's set up for someone to come behind me and even make it a better place. When we went to Puerto Rico, and I'm Puerto Rican, and we were able to not do one, not two, but three events over there to really talk about the needs of Latinos. And I saw people coming from New Mexico, Oregon, Alaska to Puerto Rico. And and when I had a man who came all the way from Japan knowing no English, and then I made a mistake, Florida, I took him out for dinner and I took him to go get sushi, that was a mistake. But I knew that we were now doing what George and I sat at a table in 1996 Mm. because I knew the one biggest indicator that research has proven if you want to change the life of a child, if a man, he can, a mother could do it every single day. And it's not say I love you. It's a hug. When a father embraces his son or daughter, that child is transformed. A mother could do it every single day and research has proven in that it doesn't make the change that a father can. Mm-hmm. But there's also so many fathers that are absent. Right. So it's this dichotomy of how can we do it. And I think that that's probably why we've been able to be better um, in California so that we can have a bigger voice in the world with others. And together our voices become more influential. I'm not worried about power. Mm-hmm. Powers for other people. Right. But the influences, I think that's what we like to do and make a... a make make that become our legacy. This is Althea Long, and you're listening to The Alvin Galloway Show. Stay tuned as you tune in for an intellectual tune-up. The Alvin Galloway Show, Sundays, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. for conversation, music, and culture. And tune in to The Althea Long Show. It's a music mind walk every Sunday at noon to 2 p.m. right here on Radio Phoenix.
As Liz Wright and Grace here on the Alvin Galloway Show, uh, RadioPhoenix.org. We're here in the basement of the Phoenix Center for the Arts and with Dr. James Rodriguez, and he's the president and CEO of Fathers Fam and Families Coalition of America, a nonprofit organization, uh, actually an international uh, nonprofit organization. Um, you have uh, a conference coming up uh, in February. Uh, the Next Level 2020 Conference is part of your 21st Annual Families and Fathers Conference. Uh, where would that be held? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, thank you. Um, uh, the conference is going to be held in the city of Los Angeles, adjacent to the uh, LAX airport at the Hilton, Los Angeles, uh, February 24th through the 27th. And uh, really looking forward to it. Um, on the 24th, it's a pre-conference institute, uh, something that we created 
some colleagues of mine, professors. I, I've been blessed also to hold a professorship at the uh, University of Southern California and here, Arizona State University. But I worked with some tremendous colleagues uh, at some historically black college universities. Um, and we created a curriculum uh, called an advanced practitioner credential, which is also going to be online. So you could take it from home and uh, watch it. But um, that's on the 24th all day long. And that Monday, then our conference really kicks off on Tuesday, uh, the 25th, and it ends with uh, uh, an exceptional gala. As a matter of fact, if people know of couples uh, or fathers they would like to nominate, uh, we do an award show uh, that ends with our Dr. Ramon, Dr. Yolanda Nieves, Family Affair, Red Tie, Red Dress Gala. And I know people want to wear other colors, but it's red. Red. Uh, <laughs> what up, blood? Anyways, um, uh, that's that's how it ends, but it's uh, exciting. I'm going to go from the back to the forward. This year we honored Matt Barnes as our Fathers of the Year NBA champion from the Golden State Warriors. Mm. He's tall. I'm not. <laughs> uh, we also honored uh, Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. Oh, okay. And we honored the founder of the Blackbirds, Walking in Rhythm, oh, okay. and his wife, my my good friend, Kevin Tony, yeah. multi-Grammy award winner. I was about to start singing. Walking in Rhythm. Sing it. That's it. That's it, too. Every time I call him up, he, he floor, he said, like, James, we're going to work on it. There's potential, but we're going to work on And maybe on the other side in heaven, we get it down. There you go. And uh, we honored uh, Paris Escovito, one of the mm. premier, if you like someone who plays a snare. so. But in the past, we've honored Gladys Knight. Mm. Uh, we've honored uh, Cedric the Entertainer. We've honored uh, a lot of other people that uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Mm -hmm. But it really doesn't matter about those people. It's the stories of others on that night. Like this gentleman, he and his wife came, and they were married 74 years. Wow. They both had those little strollers with the wheels, yeah. and they come to the podium, and he snatched the mic out of the MC's hand <laughs> and sang Acapello in Spanish to his bride, wow. uh, a queen that he loved. For 75 years and everyone just stood up in awe he sang the whole song from the beginning to the end everyone was crying yeah. or a young man that came out of prison and, and now he's a pastor and Michael Barrett and how he changed his life so on the emotional piece and the piece about l just everyday role models that people don't realize are making the difference in the lives of children and families mm -hmm. we end on that because I feel like it's important for us to embrace going beyond workshops and mm -hmm. sessions. And we have, on our opening day, we just have tremendous uh, group of people coming. And I'm so proud of, of our sponsors like Annie E. Casey Foundation, the premier foundation for those who are championing how can we do make a better difference in the lives of children in foster care. Mm -hmm. Because right now, um, there are children, the average age of a child in foster care is eight. Mm. And that eight-year-old child will probably not leave foster care until age 11, if they leave. Right. And so 57% are not going to leave foster care in the next two years. The majority of them, one thing in common, either the father was not involved in the child welfare system to to address their child's needs mm -hmm. and or mom's new relationship 
placed right. the child in that foster care. So somehow along the way, fathers were not part of the bridge for that child to have a healthy journey in life. Mm-hmm. And so we have too many of those children. And then we're bringing in some other colleagues that are going to support us for those who are working in the juvenile justice system because it is a tragedy that 70% of kids right now, 70%, think about it, 70% of boys that are in juvenile justice system right now are also fathers. How mm. can they be a father behind bars? Right. And no 92% of adults that are incarcerated are a parent. Mm-hmm. And the biggest, the biggest challenge is we got to break these myths and stereotypes. The most involved father when a child is zero to five years of age is black fathers. Mm-hmm. But something happens. As soon as the child turns five, it's like black fathers are gone. And it's a bad, bad thing that we have to start looking at why if you go from the most involved of all fathers, then you're just mysteriously gone. And Hispanic fathers right after. But we can also look at the strengths of our communities and start building ourselves up and building with others. And that means helping those who are working daily in Head Start or early child care programs or youth development programs like a friend of mine, Tara Lariat, um, here in Arizona, or others who are diligently life coaching and doing all these other things every single day. Well, we all need skills, mm-hmm. and that's what our conference brings. And we bring people who've got not only have PhDs and pediatricians, and we have the f- former assistant secretary for administration for children and families, one of the highest appointed positions in, in the country coming and we have all these leaders that have done a lot but we also have people that are doing a lot right now that have overcome adversity and i'm so excited about them and yesterday i looked at a list from uh miss adley she provided um mr crawford who were helping me out and we have over 30 authors that have contributed to publications that are coming to share their stories from different levels and some because I want to read their books before they come. Mm-hmm. And on one, I want to throw, I want to physically go to Mississippi and say, well, what's wrong with this father? Why did he punch his daughter? Mm. Because he couldn't control his anger because he was raised by a cruel mother. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't know how to be a father. So mm. he's going to take out his abuse as a child, put on his little girl. Uh, yeah. So we don't need that. Right. And so I'm excited about some of those people who are coming on. And they're coming from the United Kingdom, Australia, throughout the U.S. I would give shameless plugs. I don't know if I'm allowed to. Well, I will. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to just mention, uh, if I mention all of them there, I know there are 50 presenters that are coming, but really just just a tremendous group of individuals from diverse backgrounds, uh, from California, Chandra uh, Lopez Brooks, or uh, uh, my friend over there, um, in Mississippi, Carlotta Taylor or Latasha C. Watts in Ohio, uh, Dr. Jared Payton in Pennsylvania. I'm just naming a few just to show the diversity of where people are coming from. Dr. Navir Brown out of Atlanta. And I, I just feel like these people are coming together to do two things. Mm-hmm. Learn with others and give what they have learned in their life. No one is teaching another individual. We are all going to be learners. Right. And I think that that's what's going to make it powerful. The next thing that I feel like has been very powerful for our conference and very influential, I've asked people, you know, what do you get out of it? And this gentleman from Philadelphia told me this year, James, it's the relationships. 
I walk away with so many relationships that I would never have known. Mm-hmm. And that's how we grow as individuals. It's If we're not relationship building, then we're just going to be about ourselves. We're going to be in silos. And maybe we're going to have a great life. Maybe we're going to have a great purpose. But if I had not met Ida Diaz, uh, who is the president of Asocion de Maestros de Puerto Rico, and I had not met with her and enjoyed a relationship, we would never have trained over thousands of teachers in Puerto Rico. Mm. So it's all relationship. It's right. not about your title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that, that, that brings everybody together. If you have a relationship, we want a stronger. It connects the community. It connects the individual to, uh, to achieve the mission, the goals you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's what, three-day conference, two-day conference? It's a three-day conference. You can come one day, two days, three days. Um, I feel like it's the best conference uh, related to children and families and the role that fathers have in the involvement of child having a better outcome. Mm-hmm. And it's for practitioners and professionals as well as for parents. And this year I'm so excited. We did some creative things because I'm a little unique, I suppose. Uh, I like the TED Talk format where you have to go up and just have to have your own monologue you better be able to bring it and you only mm-hmm. got 13 minutes otherwise i have to do you like the apollo bring up the oh the, mr sandman come <laughs> mr sandman where's the broom i will you know what i'm gonna give me a gigantic broom this year go. tell you when you go you after your 13 minutes but uh we're gonna do a ted, a TED talk format on the first day mm-hmm. we have new york best-selling author on anti-bullying uh, barbara coloroso uh, she'll be joining Dr. Wade Horn, who is the Assistant Secretary of a- ACF, and then another colleague of mine who's a researcher um, and the Vice President of Annie E. Casey Foundation, Sandra Agasca Gonzalez. But Annie E. Casey Foundation, right now, if you are working with a young parent that is in the foster care system and they want to go to our conference and you can get them to L.A., uh, they're going to take care of their registration. So there is no cost mm-hmm. for the young parents. I know you, we have boundaries on fees and all other stuff, but could you imagine that that young parent may come in there, they may meet you, and they mm-hmm. say, I want to go into media. Mm-hmm. And you have a conversation with them, mm-hmm. and you just ignite the light that's already inside of them. Right. You're, not, you're not giving them the fire. It's already inside. You're just flipping the switch. switch. All right. Yeah, And so I feel like that's going to be awesome. And then we're going to do a roundtable series that I think that we need to get Kleenex to be our national uh, mm-hmm. sponsor <laughs> because I know some of the stories. Right. And they're also going to bring young parents. And I listened to some of the young parents. Uh, the feedback is that we're not doing what we should be doing is what they're saying. And it's going to be a time for even myself to check myself. Am I really doing a good job as president and CEO of Fathers and mm-hmm. Families Coalition? Is that my own self-analysis or is that reality mm-hmm. that I'm making up? So we're going to have these series of roundtables, and then we're going to do something called the Fireside Chat, which I think is going to be kind of cool. This this year we're going to have people just sit in armchairs in the middle of the audience and just have a conversation like you and I, but talk right. about what it is that's going to take us to get to the next level. And I was asked by one of my friends, why is it the next level? And the next level is, we're going to get through adversity and we're going to go through transformation, but let's get to transcendence Mm -hmm. and let's bring everyone to a place where they can start transcending to the next level. And by the way, once you get to that next level, you can take a a good moment just to lay you down in that green pasture Mm -hmm. by the river Mm -hmm. 
but you better be ready and strengthen yourself to start building again and climbing up that mountain. Right. And I think that that's what's going to happen. I'm so excited. Another thing that we're going to do that I think is so unique about our conference, we have built in this segment. It's called Men to Men. Men don't talk about their deepest painful issues as professionals, as men, as fathers, as grandfathers, as uncles, as a husband, as a lover. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about the pain of maybe not having their child in their life. Mm -hmm. Or having raised a child and the child is gone. Men don't socialize like women. But men to men, whew, last year, this, this big brother from Oregon was crying so hard that we all were crying with him. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've never been in a place where professionals come together and the, the healing process is in, initiated because they realize, oh, I have some healing that's got to be done. Right. And then we have it as well with women to women. We're going to have some guest speakers come in. And this is going to be very, very exciting to see that for us. And one of the things we're going to do at the very end, we're going to take down the air walls and we're going to tear down the walls. We don't need to build walls in America. Right. We don't know walls Mm -hmm. built. Mm -hmm. We build them ourselves within ourselves. That's true. So we're going to have the men and women share what is it that we walked away with that we need from each other. And I think it's going to be a place where men will have to listen to women uh, because I love raising my daughters. I know I'm not a perfect father, but I want them to be set up so they can get a man better than me in their life mm-hmm. if that's what they choose. Yeah. And the same with my son. You know, I, I, I really love the part, I love it all, but I really love the part when you talk about the men coming together and being able to share to open up because, you know, society puts these constraints on men as, you know, if you share, if you cry, it shows you to say that you're weak. But I think that actually makes you stronger because you're able to release some of that pain that you have and, and the healing part that you talked about. Uh, I'm not a medical doctor, but I would wonder that why do we die earlier than women mm-hmm. on average? Mm-hmm. Right. Physically, we're built to be stronger, but we die earlier. Is it because we hold all our emotions inside right? and right. we don't have anyone where as little boys... We never talked about what it's like to be married. Most little girls have somewhere along the line before they get into their pre-adolescent have had a dream about getting married and what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Whether that dream came true or not, uh, but boys don't think like that. No. And boys don't talk and grow like that. And we don't share our deepest pain. And we only go surface level. So what we've done is we've created a foundation of deep concrete and a lot of micro fractures underneath Mm-hmm. Where women may have some thin concrete with some, but they got they know where to go to another person to go get help. Well, we just let it sit and think that we're strong, but our foundation underneath is really, really fragmented. Right. This is uh, the Alvin Galloway Show here on Radio Phoenix. Support for Radio Phoenix comes in part from Natal Health, located at 4041 North Central Avenue, Building C near the corner of Central Avenue and Indian School Road in Phoenix. Native Health provides primary, medical, dental, behavioral health, WIC, and wellness services for the urban Native American community. More information is available at 602-279-5262 or online at nativehealthphoenix.org. Now, if... um, people want to get in touch with you and your organization how would they do that well you know the social media is prevalent and mm-hmm. we just talked about instagram but mm-hmm. uh, 
they can go to our website, fathersandfamiliescoalition.org. They can Google us, Fathers and Families Coalition America. Um, they can call 424-225-1DAD. Uh, that's 424-225-1323. Um, and uh, we're very responsive. And they could always email me. Uh, don't ask me for money. But James.Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at fathersandfamiliescoalition.org, and I'm always available. Yeah, and I'll have the information on my uh, Facebook page, the Alvin Galloway Show. Uh, I really appreciate you coming out and sharing this information with us. Uh, I know it's going to be a great, successful event, and uh, I look forward to you coming back and sharing some more. Oh, okay, I appreciate you. One thing I want to share with your listeners, uh, Arizona, the Galloway right in front of me, he's he's a treasure. And we cannot lose lose him, mm-hmm. but I need to also right now take a moment and say how much I appreciate you mm-hmm. and how much I value you and all that you've done to help others in Arizona. And I mean that from my heart. I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about all that you do. <laughs> and that if you don't know, you, you we love you. <laughs> well, we could cry together, brother. <laughs> but we're going to sing that song last night, me and my lady, we lied together. That we ain't doing. <laughs> All right, this is Floyd, Floyd Galloway <laughs> lost his show already. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And this is the Alvin Galloway Show. As I always say, today's a great day to make somebody's day great. And we're going to go out with a request by Dr. James Rodriguez. Oh, honey, by the delegation. <laughs> 